talking to a friend the other day. He's telling me about this pastor friend that he's got. Okay. This pastor lives his life with what I would describe as excruciating faith. Wow. So the story that I was told is they were getting ready to head over a mountain pass. He lives in Oregon. Okay. Getting ready to maybe bend, but maybe somewhere else. I'm, I don't, I'm not sure of the, the tap. They're getting ready to head over a mountain pass. Fuel light's on. My friend tells this pastor, hey, we should stop for fuel. And he looks at him and says, God will provide. <laughs> and I'm like, uh, just go ahead and put gas in. <laughs> right. I don't know. Right. right? <laughs> so, so I'm like, what? And he goes, yeah. Yeah. So we're going up this pass and we get almost to the top. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, we run out of gas. He said, we pull over. Before we can get to a complete stop, truck pulls up behind him. The truck that's following him up the mountain is the DOT vehicle that drives around with a tank full of gas <laughs> to fill trucks that are out plowing roads. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and now I'm like, so, uh, <laughs> so here's my thing. And this is exactly what I told what I told the guy telling me the story. I said, I feel like if I were to do that. I'd be broke down on the side of the road, and God would tell me, I gave you a job with the means to buy gas. Right, exactly. <laughs> you should have your faith in your bank account, because that's what I've given you. <laughs> go go, go to the gas yeah, station. faith in the provision that I've given you. Right. You know what his response was? He's like, God loves his pastor more than me. <laughs> I don't know, man. I mean. <laughs> he said God loves him more than us. He's special to him. He's, yeah. it's, he's one of the favorite kids. I guess so. Which I thought was hilarious. But I was reading. I was reading Man. that, and I don't remember where it was at. Um, there is a scripture that says God doesn't have favorites, so it's not true. Well, that's good. But, yeah, I mean, it's I mean, just I, – I, I like that idea. I, you know, and that's the thing is that it, it spurred this conversation because I feel like I have the gift of faith that I can just trust. Right. But I can't just trust in that situation. I no, have a hard I'm time. I'm going to put gas in because that's what a sane person does. They have gas in the gas tank or in the bank account. They just boop, boop. Right. I'm, and we'll I've heard it. I've heard of stories. I know Kenneth Copeland used to talk about when they first moved wherever in Texas yeah. that they were moving to. Um, they were just broke. He was a pastor starting out and mm-hmm. didn't have any money. And um, he and the wife and maybe a I kid think they or, had three kids. Uh, yeah, they had one or two with right. them at the time. But they started praying in tongues. And he said every time they'd stop praying in tongues, the car'd die. Because of that, <laughs> I think I've heard that story. I was like, yeah, man. It's a long time to pray in tongues. <laughs> no joke. No joke. You have to yeah. get sing-songy with it. Right? Yep. You just start singing. Well, as far as the faith thing goes, that kind of segues into what we're talking about this today. Uh, for those of you following along at home. Celebrate 21st birthday. Um, we are on episode 21. So Episode 21. This is we have broken out of the second decade of... We're, our, our little podcast is now drinking age. Yep. That's right. <laughs> Episode 21, we were talking about faith on our intro, and today we are talking about faith or lack thereof. You could say impatient parents. Or the handmaiden's tale. <laughs> yeah, so, which kind of ties us right back into what we talked about last week with writers don't come up with anything on their own. Nope. <laughs> we just stole it. We're not going to pay props to it either. Right. So we are starting in Genesis 12 today. We're going to talk about Abram. Sarai and Hagar, and then eventually that's going to lead us into Isaac and Ishmael. 
Um, and for continuity purposes, what we're going to do is we're going to we're going to reference Abram and Sarai by calling them their God-given names, which God gives them later. But we're going to go ahead and just call them Abraham and Sarah because it's going to be easier for us to say. Make it easier. Yep. So, <laughs> so we start out Genesis 11 introduces us to Abraham and Sarah. Um, we find out that they are related later. Um, they are actually half brother and sister, which is fairly common at the time. Um, they get married. Sarah is barren. And in Genesis 12, we find out that Sarah is very, 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 very beautiful. Right. So, And they are aging at this point Yeah. in chapter 12. Yeah. Chapter 12, they're 75 and 65. Abraham is 75. Sarah is 65. Yeah. So they're up there in years. Um, this is still this is still early in the Old Testament. So yeah. you know they're, they're living a long time. We're not living to Methuselah age, but we're still living hundreds you know, of years. Hundreds. But uh, it's made it, it's made pretty clear that by a hundred, you're past childbearing stage. Well, at least she's only sixty five. Right. So at this point, in like we were mid thirties when Isaac was born. Okay. So at 35, they consider you geriatric, and they don't use the term geriatric right. anymore. Uh, our friends all did. Well, what's weird but, is my dad had my dad and my mom had me. My dad was 36 when I was born. So I mean, and that was you know 48 years ago. Yeah. So there's more complications. I um, mean, we had Oz at 27. Yeah. But. Uh, Aria, we were at the kind of at the borderline of that 34 ish. Right. So. Um, there were some things they were worried about within with Isaac. It was we were a couple years older, and they were like, "Yep, nope, we're gonna do take some more precautions with you guys, do some stuff earlier." Probably um, comes to all the the uh, poisons that are in our food these days. <laughs> well, that you know, coffee. Is that yes, coffee's <laughs> killing us, right? So um, I hope not. Yeah, we're just exposed to a lot more stuff in general. So there's that, uh, but. The big thing with that is, so while the the birthing age, like 40s, is a late term Mm -hmm. in your, um, I would say, career as a mother (laughs) um, or as a pregnant woman. Right. um, Probably 80, 85 or so. It's probably the same same kind of deal there. So roughly, and we live on average to be about 100 now. Um, You could say that. 100 is a is a pretty big age. I'd like we, to get to a hundred. We don't see, I don't know that I want to. Um, Actually, you know what? Just, he can come back now, right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. <laughs> a joke. I just like, I wake up with inflammation and soreness now at in mid thirties. And I'm like, do I want to 16 more years of adding to this? <laughs> anyway, we, we consider a hundred, a ripe old age now. So, Basically double that then, right? So if 40, 40 is the end of childbearing years nowadays, then your life expectancy doubled, then 80 is probably the end of your childbearing years there. Right. 200 is probably the, the old age. So are you trying to get to, you know, she's 65 when she's at childbearing years, she's going to go to 130? Mm. I like it. Mm-mm. No? Not necessarily. I'm just saying. But I think they did, which kind of. It probably did. Proves your math. Well, I'm not, no, I'm not saying, what I'm saying is that for us nowadays, 40 is the end of the years that you would really consider having children. And so if you only live to a hundred, 
then back then, if you're living to 200, then you would double right. Okay. That. So I got you. That's where I'm going. Gotcha. Okay. I follow so, you. So 80, yep. 80 would be the year that they'd be like, yeah, we could still get pregnant, but it'd be tough. Anything beyond that, I feel like they'd have an issue. But I don't know. Maybe not. Anyway, so Genesis 12, Abraham's promised a son at 75. And so I think that um, as we try to relate this back to today, the whole synopsis of this episode, we're going to hit hit some points. And this is the first one. God has a promise for everyone. Right. Um, for Abraham, God had a promise. And when you really start digging into it, there's a lot more promises. So I think after this, we're going to we're actually going to run into the eight promises that God gave Abraham. Sounds good. But for our purposes today, we're going to look at the promise that was given to Abraham and Sarah collectively, even though I don't think Sarah's told at this point. I don't think, and here's here's the reason why I, I didn't really I didn't think that it did because if he would have told Sarah, then when Sarah came come up comes up with the idea to have him sleep, oh, sleep with Hagar, right? Then it would be Sarah in disobedience, right? Yeah, yeah, God, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, yeah, <clears throat> because God promised Abraham a son. Right. All right. So in Genesis 12, we see this list of promises that God gives Abraham. We're just going to dive into the promise that relates to Sarah and, and Abraham, which at this point isn't given to Sarah. So Abraham's promise to have a son, be the father of many nations, uh, and he will have descendants that are basically innumerable. Exactly. Many stars. Right. Look into the, the stars. The dust look in the, the sky earth. and see. And right, that's that's what your lineage is going to be. So he, God gives that to Abraham at so, that time. Yeah. So Abraham seventy five, his wife sixty five. They know that Sarah's barren. Right. So this is one of those things that. Okay. Well, through God, all things are possible. So yep. we're going to believe it. Either way, God has a promise that it's not always going to make sense to us. So regardless of what His promise is to you. It may not always seem like it's doable, <laughs> and I'm sure when Sarah, when Abraham decided to share this uh, promise that God was going to make him a nation of many men, right? And he tells his wife, who's 65, <laughs> that you know we're going to have a kid. Right? She probably okay. wanted to slap him. <laughs> oh, okay. You realize I'm barren, <laughs> right? Um, okay, so. All these years, I've never had a kid, you know, so. Yeah. And I know we tried. And we're we're really just hitting the high points of this. We're definitely going to go through it fast because we're going to dig more into Abraham later. But uh, we see in Genesis 13, um, and, and we're guessing based on the timeline, we're, we're probably guessing this is like three years later. Right. Uh, God comes back in and he reminds Abraham, hey, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to make mm-hmm. you the father of nations. Yeah. You're going to have a lineage that, that goes on and on, and you're going to have descend, more descendants than you can count. He comes in because we're doubting. doubting. Right, right, right. <laughs> so I gave you a promise. You doubt me, so I'm going to show back up and tell you again. I'm going to reaffirm that Right, my, I have a promise for you. And so, so when you're given a promise from God, it may not be tomorrow that it happens. Mm-hmm. It, it may be 10 years down the road. We don't know what God's will is, what God's plan is. Uh, we just have to follow through with what we can do yep. and you know take a step at a time what's going to happen eventually most of the time is we're going to start doubting that and yeah and we're going to start trying to find a way to make it happen because yeah. that's what the human spirit wants to do we want to we want to try to i would say in my life i want to try to force right. things to happen when you know rather than in his time right <laughs> and so in this point 
you know, he's probably starting to, to question, okay, well, how is this going to work? Because I've been given this promise and I still haven't seen any fr- fruit mm-hmm. come of it. Yep. And so God comes down and, and says, okay, well, I'm going to remind you, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> so here we go. So a couple, couple chapters later, we're probably thinking like five years, six years later, Abraham still, so we're eight years from the initial promise. Abraham saying, you know, I think, I think I heard it wrong. I think I heard God, but I heard right. him wrong. Yeah. And so this is what he meant. <laughs> we we so, try to interpret God. So he went through, he he knew the promise. Right. Then he had doubt. Yep. And then he created this way for it to work, yep. to like alter the words that God gave him. And that is, he looks at his, his one of his servants, Eleazar. Right. And says, well, you're going to inherit everything that I have. I don't have Because he kids. sees him as a son. Yeah. Right. I don't have any kids. You're the closest thing I'll have to a son. I've raised you to take over. You're probably my second in command. Yep. So when I die, and I'm, you know, 80 at this point, 80, 81. 80, yeah. When I die, this is all going to be yours. I I could just see him going up to the hillside outside of Canaan and looking out and saying, all of this is yours. Young Mufasa, (laughs) young Eleazar (laughs) will be yours. Uh, but that's what we do. Like we we see things in a way that, okay, this is how this makes sense. Because humanly, take, yeah, we right. take the miraculous away from God. Sometimes. Exactly. So, totally. <laughs> so yeah, we we get this in, we get this idea of okay, this this is what God meant when He said that this is what I needed to mm-hmm. do, um, which is which is really tough. So. <laughs> I I feel like I do this even now. I mean, there's there's times that I feel like I don't really see the the true vision of what he has for us, you know? Right. So four or five years more go by. Looking at 86 years old, right. man. What happens when Abraham's 86? Um, well, his wife comes to him and says, uh, I have got this great plan. I, I think that your seed should come through, through Hagar. Right. So right. they, they, she puts this plan together and is like, so, so you're going to sleep with my my handmaiden, and uh, from there, your seed, you know, that's a way that we can make this work. Since I'm right. barren, now I'm, she's 76 years old, and he's 86 years right. old. So, I mean, it ain't happened in the last 10 years. I think I think this is, this is a way that, Abraham, that we can make this work. Right. <laughs> this is, and the way, the way Old Testament policy worked, mm-hmm. there was a way that you could, you, your husband could sleep with your servant or could sleep with a slave or in order to carry on a family. And yeah, yeah. right. To conceive a child, yep. um, to be a father, to pass on his seed. And I listened to a podcast this week that actually kind of went into a little bit more detail. And okay. it wasn't just like they send the slave into the tent. Right. right? There's a process and the, the wife is right there. Probably intimately involved. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, the the podcast that I listened to, and I don't know how accurate it was, but it essentially said that the hand servant mm-hmm. sits on the wife's lap so that the wife can watch, so that she can attest that this is my husband's child. We're doing it for one reason and one reason and, only, and the and then <laughs> to the, conceive a child, not and then for the wife, yeah, the <laughs> wife takes the child, yeah, as. Her own. her own, yeah. So it is a legitimate child. If you follow this process outlined in the in this time, this historically outlined process, then this is a this a legitimate child from whatever male. Gotcha. Is there, and the wife is is present and accounted for to ensure that 
this is what's going on. So Interesting. It's not like it's not just fun and games. <laughs> yeah, and that's so it's not poking the bear. And that's how you assure the birthright to the next person. So that's kind of what kind of what I envision happen. You have this. You follow this process to make sure that this is the thing. Because mm-hmm. what do we do when when we've lost? Faith, right? We create a way exactly to get God's promise. So, yeah. so, so while we think that we're walking God's will, we say, "Oh, here's a doorway. We're just going to open this door. We're going to go through this. Here's a shortcut, and it's it's a shortcut. <laughs> it, that's probably exactly. the best way to put it. Here's the shortcut to to God's plan. Yep, we you can know? we can rush this along. We can do this, and so that's Man, we're not getting any younger here. And Abraham. so that's exactly what happens <laughs> with Ishmael. You get this. You get this servant, this Egyptian slave that becomes pregnant mm-hmm. with a child that is Abraham's, and it would essentially be the firstborn of Abraham, exactly, which would pro- be promised the birthright, would right. get get his inheritance. We'd go through the whole process right. for him. And I mean. so, <laughs> here's here's what's not talked about a lot. Okay, Hagar is the servant. She may or may not have wanted to be involved in this. From her running away, it probably she didn't want to be. Even before that, though, she it says that she looks at Sarah with contempt. Yeah. So I think she gets pregnant and she looks at Sarah and she's like, "Thanks, I'm not, I'm not giving this baby up. I don't. <laughs> I didn't want to give birth to your kid. Yeah. I don't. Why? Why am I caring? Why am I going through the hard part of this, the labor and the pain, and I, and have no benefit? Right. Yeah. And and I would assume that she's probably in her twenties. Probably so. They got her in Egypt 10 or so years earlier, 13 years earlier than this. So I would assume that she would be in her like teens when they got her. And so 13 years later would put her in her mid 20s. So she's right. in, in, her, in her the prime of her youth. Exactly. And she's carrying some some other man's baby. Yep. Not, not a great situation. So she's pretty upset about it. Um, she starts scowling at right. Sarai. Sarah. Sarah. And I think probably, if you really think about it, we know that Sarah is very beautiful, which we'll go into. Exactly, we'll go into more when we talk about Abraham next week. But Sarah's this really, really pretty mm-hmm. girl, and so now you've got this slave girl that's looking at her like, "You're rich and it, you're pretty, yeah, exactly. You're so and privileged. now you're gonna have a baby, and you don't even have to put on weight for it. Nope. So yeah, some contempt. I can see that. So Sarah, I can follow the story. Sarah starts treating Hagar. Poorly, yep. Hagar runs off. Have an angel that comes down and talks talks to Hagar and says, "Hey, God's heard you're crying. You're going to name your son Ishmael. We're going to make sure that he's taken care of. Right? He will be a wild man. <laughs> wild it says it says as wild or more wild than a tame or an untamed donkey. Right? Did they use the word donkey? Well, it's the version I used. <laughs> okay. So, and what that. Uh, most people attribute Ishmael's lineage to the Arab nation, um, to Muslim, the Muslim nation. What we do know about Ishmael's lineage is they live the Bedouin lifestyle, which is really nomadic. And basically, and this is kind of what the angel tells Ishmael, basically they live in a they live a lifestyle where they're less worried about acceptance from other people, right. and more concerned with personal freedom, right. Which sounds pretty, pretty fitting, pretty familiar. Yep. So, um, and that, but that's the thing is that Sarah and Abraham step out of God's will to do this thing, and they birth Ishmael, 
so what happens is Hagar runs off and she's just gonna she's just gonna raise the kid. Say, right. Hey, look. That's what know. she's gonna do. The angel says, Nope. Go back to Abraham, go back to Sarah, go back to servanthood, and I'll take care of you, and you will be the mother of a ton of descendants. More more right. descendants than you can count. Yep. So yeah. so you get the same promise because Ishmael's still Abraham's son. Yes, he is. And so he's still getting a very similar He's being trained in everything that Abraham right. knows. You get he's a, got, he is his boy. Yeah. You get a very <laughs> similar covenant with Ishmael than you do with, that, that you get with Isaac later because God promised Abraham something and Abraham stepped out of faith. So, or stepped out of, of God's will to, and did his own thing. But you can't punish the third party in that. No. And no. So that was, yeah, because it was planned by him and his wife. So, I mean, how can you. And so, completely blames Hagar. And so I think there's two big two big things here. One, we see that we do this a lot where we step out of step out of our faith walk or step out of what we should do mm-hmm. to try to rush this along, but you also get God's faithfulness in this. Right. Because God's not abandoning no. this, this offspring of this poor decision that we made. Exactly. You know. So a lot of times we will do stuff and it will end up hurting us, but the people that are affected by it will still be blessed out of our disobedience. Yes, I agree with that. I mean, (laughs) so, you know, and that's the thing is as humans, a lot of times we say, well, I made this mistake, but you shouldn't profit from it. Yeah. And that's a pretty good place for us to go ahead and stop and take a break. Tune in next week for the conclusion of Salt and Rock, Handmaiden's Tale. No, I'm just kidding. We're not going to call it that. Thanks for joining us today on Salt and Rock. If you liked what you heard, feel free to reach out to us at saltplusrock at gmail.com. That's all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K at gmail.com. If you'd like to become a contributor to Salt Plus Rock, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com slash saltplusrock. Once again, all letters, S-A-L-T-P-L-U-S-R-O-C-K, where you can give a contribution as small as $5. Hey, every little bit helps. 